forever. Dog. Warning, the following podcast may contain graphic monkey jerk-off sessions, fake teenage cowboys who want to murder for real, and a special appearance by a monster. Chris Gethard joins us for thrills and spills at New Jersey's Six Flags Great Adventure on Podcast The Ride. Welcome to Podcast the Ride, the theme park podcast where the hosts are often referred to as good boys, but today we're Jersey boys. I'm Scott Gardner, joined by Mike Carlson. Uh, I'm here and I'm going to do like an attitude, but not a voice. This is an attitude, okay? I want to make that a distinction. I'm not doing a voice. I just have sort of a, like kind of a different authority to my uh, person today. Um, so... Um. The only that's that's a good move. The only uh, person probably with any uh, uh, legitimacy to a Jersey voice might be Jason Sheridan. Hi. Uh, sh- yeah, sure. I spent half of my adolescence, you know, summers and and you know some other weekends at the Jersey Shore <laughs> growing up. So yeah, I got closer than us. Uh, and at today's topic, this was my home, Six Flags, a local Six Flags, because it's kind of equidistant between Philadelphia and New York. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, well, yeah, this this is great. I, I think, you know, we'll talk not just about this, but, you know, s- some other great theme park uh, uh, destinations in the Garden State. And we're doing it with, I mean, I feel like a New Jersey uh, expert, at least a New Jersey native and uh, a veteran podcaster and broadcaster, the star of the new special Half My Life. So excited. Chris Gethard is here. Jersey Welcome. expert on hand for all your needs. So happy to be here. Thanks for having right. me. Thanks for 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 owning that. That does seem like the case. You are you are a champion of this place. You didn't uh, you didn't flee. You aren't ashamed. I went back. I, I was out and I voluntarily went back in. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm on a pretty uh, open, self-proclaimed quest to try to become like the comedy Springsteen where like Jersey people are like, that's our guy. I would love that. That would be a huge accomplishment. So happy to hear. Happy to be here representing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've done a little. We found there's a Jersey Hall of Fame, I think we found recently. That's where I was going to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you aware of the Jersey Hall of Fame? I Do you think you have a way to get in? I would love it more than anything. And I'm aware of it because when Springsteen got inducted, his speech, he said, just one of the coolest things I've ever heard. We were like, that's why he's Springsteen. He had some line in his speech about, he's like, I always love to watch boxing matches with guys from our home state because you just watch their opponent. And when the an announcer says, hailing from the great state of New Jersey, you just see their shoulders drop a little bit because they know what they're in for. And you're like, oh, that's <laughs> the coolest. You're the coolest. Man. Such a cool idea. What a cool thing. That's so great. Everything he says anytime during, especially that like Netflix special, you feel like it was workshopped by like 50 of the smartest writers. But, you know, it just like came from the most brilliant, like poetic mind on the planet. Uh that that Hall of Fame where we we for some reason we end up talking about Southside Johnny a lot on the show. So a lot. When you say a lot, <laughs> well, for like versus any other of these like type once, of podcasts, once or twice, maybe. yeah, like yeah. a lot, a lot yeah. versus like Doughboys. They never talk about Southside Johnny. <laughs> I can't imagine in what context Southside Johnny's coming up. 
Ah, we do a lot. We like uh, we like your obs- more obscure music guys on this show. So I he pops it. in here and there, and he's in, I believe, the the Hall of Fame as well. So I'd be shocked if he wasn't him and the Asbury yeah. Jukes. Let's get yes. the Jukes in. Yeah, let's get the Jukes there. Uh, little Steven, I believe. Oh, yeah. Well, also. of course, little Steven. Or is then, yeah? He may still be trapped in the hologram booth at Newark Airport, where it is. It's it's unclear what speech he's giving in the hologram. Booth, now I can tell but, you right there. You out at yourself as having spent time in Jersey, but not of Jersey, because you said Newark. Well, my Jersey, I, I Delaware, because you're closer to Delaware. Where yeah, I Newark. Yeah, I mm. my my Jersey stomping grounds besides Aldings to Six Flags Great Adventure were South Jersey points, Ocean we're City, Atlantic Wildwood. City, yeah, Wildwood occasionally for comic conventions. Uh, my parents met in uh, splitting a vacation ha- a rental house in Sea Isle City, uh, where my dad and his friends were on one floor, and my mom and her friends were on another floor. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's a perfect <laughs> yeah. story. Yeah, it. Lasted for like 20 plus years. Nice. So nice. <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. You, you said so Newark. As soon as you said Newark, I said, okay, that's the Philly influence. You also probably say Wooder. I say, yeah, I do slip into Wooder. It's been great with Mayor of Easttown because I can just tell people I'm from Delaware County now yeah. and uh, they, they understand. There yeah. you go. That's how I felt with Sopranos. Sure. <laughs> uh, you were all, we're talking about this. Both, I'll ask this to Jason and Chris, like your favorite park growing up, maybe this is obvious, maybe I even asking this, um, other than like Disney World or going, like your favorite park that was around. Well, we're, we're talking about Great Adventure today, right? And I'd have mm-hmm. to go with that just because, first of all, it's like, um, it's, it's the most, it's the one in Jersey everybody went to. Not everybody went to Action Park. Despite all the legends of Action Park, a lot of people stayed away and it was pretty remote. So everybody, Makes sense. we would have stayed away. God, oh, it was it <laughs> when was, we covered it. We're like, I can't, I can't get into the mind space of this at all. I mean, while it was heaven. It. it was heaven. It was like the Florida <laughs> of the Flies. It was everything people say. But Great Adventure had its own really macabre stories about it too. And my, I was there all the time because my father worked at a Pfizer Pharmaceuticals, and they used to have their company picnic there every summer. And if you went, you got to go for that day on the picnic. And then they also gave you tickets to come back another day. So we always went to Great Adventure twice a year. But then there's all the smaller places too, you know, your Bowcrafts, your Wild West cities. There's a lot of up and down the boardwalk. There's all the, all the different rides. So a lot, of, uh, a lot of places in our general area, Sesame Place, Dorney Park, Hershey Park, also big in the Philly scene. But, and then Rye Playland up near, sit on the other side of New York, Westchester, but Great Adventure felt to me like kind of the the center of gravity with theme parks that I grew up around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes Jason sense. Jason agree, disagree. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I liked Great Adventure a lot, um, and we would we would hit a lot of those places growing up. I mean, my family was a big park family, and and uh, a Great Adventure. Yeah, Dorney Park is just a quick shot up to Allentown and uh, uh, because we were in PA um, Hershey Park was about 90 minutes away 90 minutes two hours so that was our our other big one what about Mm. Sesame Place I made it down to Sesame Place a few times once or twice I went to Sesame I remember going to Sesame Place and liking all of the water 
attraction stuff and but knowing like i am too old to be here like i am like nine or something and i'm like this is even at nine or ten it's like oh this is i am an old child here the last time I went to Sesame Place, I went with my friend Lenny's family. We're all a little too old. And I, I ju- it just came back to me, the memory that we we actually got in trouble at Sesame Place. And I looked back, it, it actually makes me laugh so hard because Lenny and I, we were a little too old. That's like mostly kiddie rides and ball pits and stuff, you know? And we went in the Lazy River, or probably in like eighth grade at the time. And one of us noticed that there's change on the ground. So we started like diving down and picking up all the change. And then we enlisted my friend's little brother and we just kept going around and around. And one of the lifeguards caught us and was like, you can't do that. Give me all the money. And we had like probably like 18 or $19 between us. And then we told his dad. And I remember Lenny's dad was like, they probably just go through and pick it all up at the end of the night themselves. That's why they're pissed. Let's go. And for some reason, my friend's daddy went back. He went, 11 of that month dollars of that money was theirs that some of that money was theirs that they brought with like we just had eleven dollars <laughs> worth of change in our bathing suit pockets somehow but you know watching my friend lenny's dad get in a uh, contentious argument with a teenage lifeguard at sesame place i have not thought about that one in many years <laughs> negotiation a- I, th- I, I agree that's only fair and that's a beautiful Philadelphia memory right there. You <laughs> it know? is very, that mix, be- the relationship between Jersey and Philly, could, you could write volumes on, volumes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hi, Craig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I don't know I'm anything about it. I know, so I know Wisconsin, yeah, I Chicago. That's what I know, you know? I know there's like a Packers. dividing line between the states and even between North and South Jersey where like you can see the shops start calling sandwiches. They stop calling them subs and start calling them hoagies. Um, uh, whether they call it uh, Taylor pork roll or Taylor ham. Uh, that's a big difference. Sprinkles a, or Jimmy's. And, and yeah. The, the North Jersey suburbs are all kind of affiliated with New York because a lot of commuters go there. South Jersey's more Philly. But then in general, it's, it's funny because I feel like in the past five to 10 years, this has actually changed. Um, and Philly's gotten very artsy. And it always had an art scene, but very much so. But there was always a, a thread growing up of like the city, like New York City people think that they're better than you. That's why we don't like them in Jersey. But Philly people, you have to watch out because they're completely fucking insane. <laughs> like <laughs> Philly people are out of their minds. So there was also that of like, like, like New Yorkers are snooty. So we don't like them for that. But then Philly people, they're almost like kind of like feral animals and you just don't know what they're ever going to do. And that was kind of the and I think there's still some probably truth to that that being the at least the cliche. Mm -hmm. Like, man, like a a lot of my friends, I will say the craziest night of their life took place in Philly. Like when the Jersey people (laughs) go over there to party, we're like, yeah, things just got way too out of control in Philly. That's not that's 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 a pretty common thing, I think. Yeah, like a real like wild card, maybe. There wasn't even a definition of what type of craziness you'd get up to. I I, I remember, actually, and I'm not trying to like slip in an extra plug, when we, f- we filmed at a theater in Philly for my special, and we were driving to the, the venue, and my buddy uh, Dave, who was doing camera that night, and he just goes, whoa! And I go, what? And he's in the back of the minivan. He goes, we just passed a guy on a bike, and he was wearing a Jason mask. And it was like, nowhere close to Halloween. And he's like, he's just driving around on a bike in a Jason mask. I was like, well, he, 
Yeah, like we're in Philly, Dave. Like we are like it's like <laughs> like we're like, in Philly. Like that's not I'm not saying that it's like happens all the time, but like you should expect to see one completely inexplicable thing on a trip to Philly. Like that's right. Not, yeah, this is not in, out of bounds. No, in his memoir, like David Lynch describes Philadelphia as like the darkest place he's ever lived. <laughs> like, I'm not surprised. One of the biggest influences on his work, on, and and then he moved to L.A. and immediately started making a razor head, and that's just what you know. You come out of Philly. My brother um, went to LaSalle University, um, and he moved down there in 1995, and I remember I'd go to visit him. And I was a sophomore in high school and it was like, I remember sleeping over at his house one night and we went to a 40 store and I'd never seen in Philly. They just have stores just for beer. Like oh, wow. so this one is just forties uh, beverage distributors. Yeah. yeah Pennsylvania liquor law laws are uh, kind of weird. It's, it's, it's insane. You can get beer at one place or you can get it at a takeout at a pizza place. You can get a six pack. And then liquor and wine you have to get at state stores. It's very complicated. We were at this 40 store and we paid. And as we went to leave, this guy uh, walked into the door and he was wearing sweatpants and no shirt. And he was carrying like a, a weed whacker. And he's like, hey, you guys got any change? And we're like, yes, yeah, sir. Of course we do. Like, what are you going to say? Like, sure, of course. you watched us get our change and you're you're wielding a lawn implement like a weapon. So, yeah. Yeah, we have a change. We have change. <laughs> Yeah, I know that Philly. I know that Philly fanatic. But if you walk around Philly, are there like a bunch of those? Is that like a uh, like a type of animal that's just roaming the <laughs> a streets? Species, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, hundreds on hundreds. We're, uh, you know, we're, we should we should talk about the actual park topic. But I do have one more question, Jason. Jason of mm -hmm. is a very. Uh, I would say he is not into a lot of wild stuff as a kid, um, but he does sometimes surprise us with mentions of like east coast stuff and i was gonna ask chris did you eat the meat scrapple as a kid scrapple is kind of the that area's taylor ham which was mentioned okay they're both <laughs> these kind of like hideous mystery meats okay. um, like definitely you know like like pork products made out of like a bunch of like pig lips and toenails and Right and stuff like that, and uh, yes, yeah, Scrapple. I think I always associate more with Pennsylvania. Taylor ham is similar, kind of. Um, I call it Taylor ham because I'm from North Jersey. You will see, I promise you, you will see tweets from people when this comes out going like, Fuck you, it's pork roll because people get really mad. Mm. It's either whatever you call it, it's like, um, like a very sort of looks like Canadian bacon, like a round pork product, but it's just so gross it's like dirty <laughs> and you fry it up on a griddle and a lot of times you eat it on a sandwich with egg and cheese and it's so delicious i i, I stopped eating meat a few years ago and i still am like ah, if one thing's gonna get me to go back it's taylor ham it's it's like every time you eat it you probably take 36 hours off the end of your life but it tastes really good really please good. don't say that i don't have a lot of time left if that's the case i've just eaten my weight uh, five times over and taylor pork roll. i just yeah I, it's so surprising because it's such a though i never knew about anything about it as a, as a kid or even even like up until a year or two ago and then when jason said it it sounded like something the little rascals ate so well on the board some of the boardwalks it's like you go to burger places and you can get a cheeseburger or a cheesesteak hot dog where you get a pork roll sandwich just pork roll and cheese and you add ketchup or mustard or lettuce and mayo and my favorite place to get it burned down <laughs> 
oh, burned no. down like a few months ago and and it was next to an amusement park like and they, an amusement park uh, uh the arcade of an amusement park that was a, been in a big hangar that had been moved from a world's fair do, do you want to do a parody song that blew up the scrapple man in philly last night <laughs> Ooh, i like that yeah the boardwalk also legendary i mean i, I I'm sure you guys have talked about the Jersey Shore boardwalks, right? A little because bit. Really? No, Not a li- yet. A little bit. Not yet. Please bring I'm me back because waiting for the Opus. Because there's also these. There's a lot of boardwalks down there that'll have these big spinning wheels. That's just like pay a dollar, spin the wheel, win a prize. And very often, one of the prizes is a two-pound um, log of Taylor ham. <laughs> Whoa! Is, like I can just imagine you're out. You're out. You know. You're showing your girl a good night. You get the cotton candy. You go on some rides. You play the game where you try to get the frog to another lily pad. And the next thing you know, you got to carry around a two-pound log of meat all night because you got overambitious. Some of these wheels are so fun. You could literally win a carton of cigarettes. You could win. Oh, wow. Like, like any random bullshit, man. The Jersey Shore is, is – those boardwalks, you guys would love. He would love Man, we gotta we gotta go. It sounds like we gotta do oh. it. Well, I want to get there and like do like in lieu of a live show, just get people find this place where you win the ham and have Jason. The audience members just pay Jason until he wins. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. just like everyone collectively win Jason a ham. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. Jason's game for it. I didn't play the wheel. That's North Jersey again. That's that's the North Jersey. That's Asbury Park and Seaside Heights. Uh, Wildwood a little. Yeah, I would say Wildwood Wild a little. Get, Wildwood and Seaside are regarded as the two sleaziest, like, there's rides and there's games and fights out on the boardwalk. And then Point Pleasant <laughs> is a little bit more family, but still elements of that. And those are, yeah. the, those are the ones I think of that have a lot of ride-driven stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the bigger coasters and, and there's haunted houses. Okay. And, Everything you just listed, it seems like there is some, like, there, there's varying degrees of trashiness to yeah, a lot of these yeah. places and then when we were go- going back and forth on what are we going to talk about and we you know the six flags great adventure came up there's also this place wild west city and we know uh, you know you're a fan of action park collectively all of this is just like so many of these places are so dangerous and accident plagued yeah. like the the quote incidents section on the the wikipedia of this place oh, yeah. goes on and on and on <laughs> i i, I we'll, we'll dive in but i wanted to ask you real quick on the way because you brought up this thing wild west city yeah which is i take is a um it i mean it's what the the titles it's like a little miniature western town where there's little shows and demonstrations like yep. horse shows and, and whip shows and the like yeah and they they do like a shootout at the okay corral show and it's I, th- I believe it was built in the 50s and it really hasn't been updated it's kind of in in some ways it's actually kind of lovely that it still exists and is hanging on because it's in netcong new jersey it's like the middle of nowhere and they have a bar that serves the saloon serves real beer to parents and then the kids run around with these shows and then This was something I had thought was a a legend and then recently found out it's real because I do a New Jersey podcast with friends of mine. And my one buddy was like, no, this is real. And he found the news articles that two of the cowboys uh, at Wild West City had developed a hatred for each other. And one of them put real bullets in his gun and killed him during one of the shows and tried to play it off like a Brandon Lee accident. Oh, my God. Like, oh, I thought it was blanks. I don't know how that happened. And then they found out, no, you just... 
that was your that was your alibi to kill him in plain sight. And by plain sight, we mean during a show aimed at children. And, the whole, and, and when I tell you that the whole place is smaller than a city block, I'm not exaggerating. Like it, it's tiny. It's tiny. Wow. Kind wow. Of best. And you're yeah. going to you're going to pull off a, uh, a murder. You think you're going to successfully pull off a murder mm-hmm. with with a boy with a bunch of suspects willingly like the whole point is for these suspects to the suspects paid to be here. Or travel yeah. To be here. <laughs> yeah. It's really not a not a not the toughest case to crack. I would imagine. So yeah. You put so a bullet insane. in a gun and you shot that man. And there's all these women. Everyone saw it. Yes. <laughs> there's an audience. Like, there's a a paying audience. Yes. These children I found have this no too. reason to lie. <laughs> <laughs> they saw what they saw. It was it was like a one of them was a bandito and the other one was Wyatt Earp. I don't know which was which. I don't know who uh-huh. shot first. But the, these are and these are uh, teenagers. The day that a teenage Wyatt Earp shot a teen bandito. What a day. That's so insane. Yeah, um, there's a lot of strange, a lot of really intense stuff where where I grew up. <laughs> really intense. Yeah, well, that's that's kind of that's what I'm getting at. Is like what, like I just trying to dissect the, the the character of it all and how do these parks end up so particularly insane and and full of incidents and accidents? What is it about the the place? Well, it's a really good question, and I thought a lot about it, and I think that. Um, for whatever reason, maybe it's because it is between New York and Philly, or maybe there's like some insecurity too, I'm sure. But there's like this, I think there's this real like priority on being tough in New Jersey. Like you kind of have to be tough and that's a very valued thing. So I kind of feel like it's sort of built for these sorts of places because it's like, not only is it like you should go on this roller coaster that's super high. It's almost where we're from, like the more rickety, the better. And the less safe it is, the, the more you got to like demonstrate your balls by going on it. So there's almost like a death wish uh, where I grew up with. I think it's the short way to put it. But, but And there's like a sick pride in getting hurt and a really unhealthy obsession with, you know, don't be a pussy to just like put it frankly, hopefully by the voice, you can hear that I'm mocking that attitude, but especially (laughs) in the eighties and nineties, that was really, really omnipresent and not just in theme parks, like being a music kid who used to go to punk shows, there were always fights. Like there were just always like, it was, there was just a lot of, you always had your guard up. You always felt like things were going to go wrong. You kind of expected them to go wrong. And for some reason, we found it very fun and funny when they did. And it was almost like a point of pride to be at the center of a disaster. So, yeah, Jersey's just a place that's very um, kind of obsessed with toughness. I think to its detriment, for as much as I love New Jersey and obsess over it, I hope my son growing up there doesn't feel this constant need to just sort of prove his toughness. But that was always there. Mm-hmm. So it's like the more potential that a thing could be a disaster, it was sort of like that was like moths to the flame almost, you know, in many areas of growing up. Mm-hmm. The, the danger, anything that was like dangerous, like thrived, at least at a certain time, because obviously like there's still stuff that's there that's dangerous. But obviously like 
theme parks now are like the Disneyfication of so much of stuff or the corporatization of so many things have happened. But I assume, yeah, there is, we were talking about, there's still places, especially in Jersey where you can feel it still, you can feel the danger. Yeah. I think, yeah. Jersey knows it's not New York. Jersey knows it's not Philly. It's like, we know that there's a lot of derision towards the state and it creates this kind of internal pressure cooker. It's also so densely packed. It's the most densely populated state. So everybody's on top of each other all the time. So it's like, mm. you're constantly, it, you constantly always feel like you're kind of being judged or looked at, or, you know, like you don't want to go on a ride and scream because you know that somebody's right there. who's going to make fun of you. Mm. And it just creates this thing of, like I said, this thing that's very hard to verbally explain. That's just, Oh, that's a thing where I might get my head lopped off. Well, then I should just go do it because why? Fuck you. That's why. Like that's kind of the attitude. The whole all I, place. I found um, this picture of a sign that's in in today's park, Six Flags Great Adventure. I had I I vaguely remember seeing this sign, but it didn't. It's surprising to me a little. And it's the bluntest uh, side. It reads, warning, line cutters will be ejected from the park with no refund. Anyone who leaves the line <laughs> for any reason must return at the end of the line. And usually, like, that's polite, you know, matters dictate that. And people, you know, if they have a good excuse, people usually let people through. But that's a really stern sign, to put it like a family entertainment center. <laughs> A lot of exclamation points. Yeah, it's very. Yeah, it's like pointing a finger at you. Yeah. And to be clear, probably this is at the one that's probably the most above board option in New Jersey. <laughs> this great adventure, and and uh, one of the nicest Six Flags too, because it's filled with like, it, it's got a lot of interesting stuff. It's filled with a lot of tall trees. There's a big lake. Um, there's a the questionable safari park. That's, uh, that's you one know? of the main things to talk about, by the way, with Great oh. Adventure. Oh, please. Yeah. yeah. The safari park, I just remember, we, we did it a couple times as a kid, and um, you drive your own car through it. And <laughs> yes, it, you didn't just used to do that. You can still do that. Now, I think they've put up more fences because the slideshow I found from like the 70s showed like, giraffes just crossing the road uh big cats right next to the shoulder of the road like lions and tigers and uh, it's like the great adventure safari there were rumors about great adventure the big ones being the things everybody heard were the biggest one was uh you have to wear a hairnet on free fall if you have long hair because a girl's hair got tangled up and her scalp got ripped off everyone in new jersey heard that story i think there's versions of that around the country i think that's a very popular park urban legend i know that their, yeah. their haunted house did burn down and a bunch of kids died and yes. a bunch of people got really messed up on this ride lightning loops this roller coaster that went a backwards loop so we yeah and about those that set a safety precedent for like worldwide roller coasters had to upgrade like safety measures because of lightning that. Loops? yeah because of lightning loops wow i didn't know that well they didn't want to incur the the punishment uh, that was leveled at six flags like whatever uh, board or bureau regulating these things uh rules not in favor of six flags and they were forced to pay one thousand dollars <laughs> the like <laughs> ultimate price i what was the way what was the lightning loops thing what was the the accident do we know 
Uh, I believe the safety harness, uh, let's see, uh, I have it here, uh, lightning loops. A teenage girl was thrown from the train because she was seated on the wrong side of the shoulder restraint. That'll do um, it. <laughs> so I think that means she's sitting in front of the restraint, so not locked in at all. So yeah, that's the wrong side, I would say. I, I that is traditionally where you sit. That's that's how I interpret it. But then there's other little things like yeah, like Chris was saying with the safari park. We were told at the entrance of the safari park, please retract your car's antenna. Oh yeah. Or unscrew the antenna, otherwise monkeys will rip it off and okay. then they will wail on your car. <laughs> we got to talk about this because I was saying all those legends about what happened in the park you always heard those. You talk to anybody who grew up around my era, though. The safari was where the true insanity happened. Um, I went through it so many times. You're not wrong. Those animals were running free. Uh, an emu once attacked my car, once started slamming <laughs> its face into the window right next to my poor brother. My poor brother, always weird things happened to him. An emu started trying to smash the glass. I saw elephants having sex there. There was a really, there was one of these crazy things where, and me and my friends have talked about it. For some reason, it was always church groups. You'd see these church vans and they'd always be the ones rolling down their windows, trying to like feed a giraffe Cheez-Its. And then the next thing you know, there's like animals charging the church van and then the Wranglers got to come out. But the baboons were legendary. You just mentioned the thing about <laughs> the, um, the antennas. That was very true. There were a few other things about it. Because from what I remember, the baboons, I think, were the last section of the safari. And it was known that they were, like, not under control. Um, they had these pink butts. I remember that. And the two things you knew, the antenna thing we all heard, and the other thing that was so great was, if you remember in the 90s, they're still around today, but they're like real classic cars. Those cars that have kind of like the, um, you know, it'll be like an old man car with like that leather or pleather top half, if you know what I mean. Yeah, like mm -hmm. uh, antique cars. Antique cars were like a go-to at parks like this and for would, like kids' yeah. rides. Now they, well, now they'd be antiques, but back then you'd still see like a 1984 Chevy Celebrity or Monte Carlo or something. And some of those cars from those era, they had these tops. I'm sure there is a name for them, but they'd basically be material. And there would be signs everywhere. And before you ever showed up, you, you were told, if you have one of these cars that has like a fabric or material top, don't drive it through here. These baboons will destroy it. <laughs> and it almost became part of the fun because you'd be in this line of cars inching through and you'd be looking around going, do any of these assholes, did any of them do it? And you'd see it happen. These baboons would seize upon these cars and you'd just see a dozen baboons coming, screaming with joy, ripping it apart. And I mean, you'd see, I, I had baboons have sex on the hood of my dad's car. They'd be jacking off. They'd be having sex. They'd be throwing feces. Like, and I remember so distinctly that at the end of the baboon section, there was a guy, there was like a fence that I assume must've been electrified. And there was the opening for the cars to get out. And there was a guy who would sit there with like a bunch of, I think probably like German shepherds, like, like attack dogs. And he had like a taser and his whole job was that when the baboons try to like flee through that car entrance, he has to like use these dogs and this gun to get them out of there and get them off the tops of your cars. And the, the safari was 
lawless in the best way. And I have a lot of really good memories about it, but yeah, those, uh, it was just so well known. I tell you, anybody who was a kid when those cars were still on the road it, right now, who, who who went there knows exactly what I'm talking about. These baboons would rip these things to shreds. They would rip them to shreds. And it was the best. Because that's another thing. Another thing about that Jersey attitude is like, sometimes bad things will happen to people and there's very, very little sympathy if they deserved it. Like in Jersey, it's kind of like, if you want to drive your dumb fucking car with that fabric top through and a monkey rips it up, I will laugh. I will not feel <laughs> like I'm not going to feel bad for you at all. Cause it was, uh, the, the safari is one of the great underrated, uh, chaos pits of New Jersey is the great mm -hmm. adventure safari. Hands down. That place is the best. I've heard it's better now, but I, I, I hear that it's not, uh, not totally. It's, it's yeah. It's not it like still you're... says like allow one point five to three hours to get through, <laughs> and that's um, <laughs> it back. It would back up a lot. We'd just be sitting there, and then you'd see a car a few ahead of you, and it's just like, do they have their windows down? Some a cre an animal is coming towards that car, and you would you yeah you would see people like put the windows up, put the windows up. Yeah, just some asshole needs to try to feed a rhino a Ritz cracker, and now all of us have to wait here 90 extra minutes for this thing to stop trying to tip this car over onto its side. It's just the best. It's just the best. Man, when you were a kid, Chris, because we three are notoriously for the podcast listeners, not in, in the you know widespread America, uh, scared kids. We were three kids where we the littlest thing would make us nervous. Like when you were eight or nine, were you cheering at the baboon jacking off on the car? I was also a very scared kid. I was constantly yeah. terrified. I mean, I was raised in a generation where it was just satanic panic and, sure. and kidnappings and all this stuff. So I was scared all the time, but I, I took a lot of sick joy in <laughs> other people's pain, I guess you could say. Like similar to the action park thing where, you know, you'd wait at the bottom of, you know, everybody was waiting by the Tarzan swing to cheer when people got completely obliterated. Same thing. I, I would say pretty much, you know, the first time you went through the great adventure safari, you were probably psyched to go look at the animals. Every other time you went through it, I would say that it was probably increasing percentage wise, how much you were just there to see dumb idiots get their comeuppance. <laughs> and that's true. That's what the whole theme of it was, was like, you could maybe, you know, you could see an emu and it might sprint right past your car. Or if you want to uh, throw a Cheeto on the ground next to it, now you might see a, an angry emu attack the passenger seat while your mother screams. And like, <laughs> there's i gotta say like i know it maybe is a little sick but like it's really funny to watch it's really funny to watch because it's not there's a million signs that say don't behave like an idiot and they there's list, so many signs there's just so many things you shouldn't do and then you see somebody who's just ignoring all of them to do those things <laughs> and yeah, maybe now I get to see. Now maybe I get to see a uh, swarm of over overstimulated baboons ejaculating all over your windshield. Like that's that's awesome. It's like instant karma. There's some, really something to love there. 
Yeah, they should have like just videotaped 40 years of this and made a clip show out of it, like an animals attack clip show. <laughs> oh, I bet they could have. I, I, there's got to be a lot of footage smuggled out. I also know it's in it's in Jackson, New Jersey, and uh, two of my best friends from college are from Jackson. And they told me that there's all these like off-road trails in the woods and all the kids who grew up in that area know that like you can drive your four-wheeler back there at night and just be alongside the fence. So it's like, you could take a date and be like, you want to go see some fucking live giraffes right now? <laughs> so kids know how to get back there. That close during the pandemic two kids, I think just drove in. They just found a back way and were just rolling around in there. Really? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Like the well, only people who got in in that eight month lockdown period or however long it was. Oh, I love that. I there, love there's that. other stories of like, um, uh, Chris, I don't know if you ever rode. We talked about this on a previous show when we were talking about Batman based rides, but there, there was a kind of short lived roller coaster called Batman and Robin the Chiller, which was uh, famously technical difficulty prone because it used a launching system that drew on the like it drawed so much power, it was starting to cause brownouts, and it, it 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 opened for like a day or so, and then they had to shut it down for months and months and months to to rejigger this. When when Universal Studios Florida opened uh, a coaster with a similar launch, they built a power substation so they did not blow the grid for the city of Orlando. Um, in Jacksonville, in Six Flags, learned that the hard way. So eventually, this ride was shuttered because it was also very rough. They kept trying to make it smoother, and then uh, they they took it apart, and for a long time, pieces of it were just sitting in a field, rotting and rusting, like by by the park. And then they were supposed to sell it to a theme park in uh, South America, and then the deal fell through. And then I think it just it was just scrapped. But like just just a rusting Batman, like ten foot tall it. Batman insignia in a in a I farm. It. I just yeah. had another memory come back. Um, Cause I don't love roller coasters. I've never been a, a okay. huge roller coaster fan and they have, there's a, um, a roller coaster they have called rolling thunder, which is like this kind of very charming wooden roller coaster, like not, you know, they have like the sleek metal ones with all the loops and stuff. This is just one of those ones you just go up real high and it's like the clack, 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 like that thing. And, I would go on that one because it wasn't, you know, you didn't go upside down. And there's actually a video of me that I think is still on the internet where I went on it and my friend in the seat in front of me was filming my friend and I, and it stopped at the top and it froze, which is kind of the nightmare for anybody who doesn't like roller coasters. And it then proceeded. And there's a video of me because I lost my mind. It started going and I was like, no, wait, it's broken. It's broken. No, stop it. And I had there's a video of me having an actual uh, nervous breakdown on Rolling Thunder. Oh, wow. But that's We're one of those good ride, like one of those old wooden ones where you're like, you get off and you feel like you were just in a boxing match taking body blows, you know, because you're mm -hmm. getting like tossed around yeah. side to side. I always enjoyed Rolling Thunder. Well, Chris, you got the last laugh because that uh, that one closed in, uh, I believe, 2013. No, that sucks. Yeah. That was an old classic. <laughs> still, <laughs> still on board with it, despite the like the panic terror. attack it into. You're like, no, don't. <laughs> you can't kill it. But that's again, like, 
it's the, it's the same action park thing, right? Like, what am I going to tell you the stories about the rides where I went on and it was fun and then I got off? Like, yeah. <laughs> no, I wanted to tell you about the one where you were physically in pain at the end of it. And also it broke while I was on it. Like that's, that's like, the fun story. Drove you yeah. to insanity. Mm-hmm. I have the stories about the fun stuff and then I got off. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm the host. Of what the show is a lot of the time. Yeah. Like, isn't uh, it great? It's, it's fun to go on Space Mountain, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it <laughs> is. Successful journey. <laughs> yep. We love it. Uh, uh, you know, Six Flags, I will say Six Flags still has, you know, of the big three of Universal Disney Six Flags, Six Flags does still have some of the spirit we're talking about because you can... There are a lot of people not paying any attention when you're getting loaded on a ride at Six Flags. Like, you can still, there are antics at Six Flags uh, and, like, you know, teen, like a lot of teen employees that are, so, like, so checked out. And you, you could easily see where stuff, like, slips in the cracks. So, they're, like, I guess what I'm saying is you can still find, it's like, uh, it's like, you know, it's like Green Day. They used to be an authentic punk band, but they'll still play the Echo Plex once in a while. You know, they still have elements where they're actually trying to do the old, the old spirit stuff. And the equivalent of that is that uh, underskilled, underpaid employees <laughs> yeah. will sometimes not strap you into the thing. Right? Green Day playing a 500 uh, seat place or, or is just similar to like a teen just going, yeah, are you ready? OK, I'm not going to check the restraint and then hit the button for the ride to go. Now, here's exactly you same guys way. may know more about than I do. But another thing that my... Uh, my co-hosts on my New Jersey podcast hit me too that I did not know, which is apparently in both the, the boardwalk ride attractions of New Jersey, Six Flags, all the theme parks in New Jersey. Apparently a lot of the people who work there are actually very young Russian people because there's apparently some system set up where it's pretty easy for Russian kids to get a work visa at New Jersey theme parks. Wow. So I've been told that a lot of these workers who might not be paying the most attention may actually be Russian people on theme park specific visas, which I thought, wow. you, I, I thought that might be some food for thought that would get your, your guys gears turning. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That feels like we could do a two hour investigative episode about, I, I, I have not heard that. I don't know if you guys have. Uh, I I know a little about that. I hadn't heard specifically Russian, but at um, Ocean City, where my family always went, there's two two parks, uh, Playland and Wonderland, and yeah, very young workers. And you you hear a lot of like uh, European or Eastern European accents, and 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 there is a thing. Yeah, there's a work exchange, you know, summer work exchange where they. They they like put them up in like you know big old uh, either either rental houses or old ho- converted hotels and then they work you know make money all summer and then they go back uh, mm. back home. Yeah, my friend Nick um, has also I believe been to the exact places you're describing, um, and he says that there are like shockingly hot young russian workers at all of these places male and female he's just like Mm. they're stunningly beautiful russians that are the people like strapping you into the haunted house that looks like it's about to break down for good like (laughs) very weird dichotomy there's a six flags exclusively uh using like hot russian models to (laughs) operate their rides in in bugs bunny outfit you can't even tell they're in (laughs) i don't know there's i have a story about that too if you want it Sure. These people in the in the in the Looney Tunes outfits, 
I realize now as an adult that those, that's probably not the best gig, you know, being out there on a humid August day. Yeah. I, that, that's another thing I think adding to some of the, the vibe at uh, a lot of New Jersey and Pennsylvania theme parks. These places are only open like nine months of the year because the fall and winters come so quick and uh, the summers are so hot and humid. Like, it's swampland. It's converted swampland. So, like, tensions can run high in yes. long waits. And so, <laughs> to be in a Daffy Duck outfit, and it's 100 degrees with 100 degree humidity, like 100% humidity. It's not ideal. Uh, and I, I wish yeah. I had felt more empathy as a child, but I didn't. And my brother and I found it very funny to torment the people in those costumes. And there was one year we were there for the the, uh, Pfizer family picnic. And my brother just kept relentlessly messing with the guy dressed as Foghorn Leghorn. (laughs) When we went to leave, there's a big fountain that's sort of, uh, you know, you walk up the entrance and maybe 30 yards up or so there's a big fountain. And as we were leaving, we were walking past back, back past the fountain, and my brother saw Foghorn Leghorn. He ran over to mess with him one more time, and the guy dressed as Foghorn Leghorn took my brother's hat off his head and threw it into the fountain. <laughs> I find I hold that memory very near and dear. I'm just you know, you think that I'm like, you're a kid. You're like, let's mess with the, let's fuck with that guy. And then I'm an adult now. I'm 40. I'm like that guy was probably like four years older than us pissed like it's probably his last summer before he goes to college he's like got a girlfriend she's like waiting for him to get off this dumb shift but he's gonna be even later because he has to go take a shower because he sweated off a third of his soaking wet he's so mad he's here he's already dressed in his foghorn leghorn for his job none of the hot russians want to hook up with him he's foghorn leghorn now he's got this pimply face do we mess with him just takes his hat and throws it in the fountain i hope he quit that night I hope that, I hope that I hope some manager was like we have footage of you throwing that hat. He's like I'm out of here, dude. I hope that was the end of that nonsense for him. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I would just like to say I I found some something that referenced that at one point uh, marketing for Six Flags Great Adventure referred to the park as the greatest day of your life. (laughs) So Mm. keep that in mind. My memory was of a radio jingle where they they really, you know, they were stayed up all night burning the midnight oil to come up with Six Flags Great Adventure. We had fun. And that was it. <laughs> that was it. That played elaborate nonstop. You want to get it? Nope. Nonstop no, yeah. all summer. I would hear that song on Jason, the radio. Do you remember Splashwater Falls? I I don't remember Splashwater. Was that a ride in the park? It was. So Great Adventure had two log flumes. One was a pretty good traditional log flume. You know, it's the big yeah. circle thing. You walk, you sit down. It goes throughout a couple different drops, and it was good. And there was another one called Splashwater Falls which all it was, was it went up, it went over, it went straight down and it was built in a way where the weight of the actual log boat would just launch a massive wave. And they built a bridge 
that um, you could stand over and just get creamed by this wave. And when you were talking about the heat and the humidity, it brought back this vivid memory to me that is so disgusting from an adult perspective, which was there were some days, July, August, where you would go to Great Adventure and it was so hot and muggy that people would start their day by going to the bridge at Splashwater Falls to get deluged with this like filthy <laughs> theme park water just to kind of cool down. So you'd start yeah. your day by going, let's get soaking wet with theme park water. And, and that's then how you work s- it off all day. Like, well, by noon, I'll be level. And then, yeah, if it gets yeah. too sweaty again, I guess I can go back and just get soaked with impetigo again, you know? Yeah, just talking about this, how like the realization that as an as an adult, like, why did I ever think it was refreshing to get splashed by theme park? Why was this equivalent to a an actual shower? It doesn't make any sense to me past the age of 15 or so, Uh, let alone in the era before aqua socks. You just be Mm -hmm. wearing your sneakers and your socks. We would do that. Let's walk around. Wait a minute. What's up with socks? Am I ignorant? I don't know what's up with aqua socks because we've talked about a lot about. Uh, uh, wet sock preferences on log flumes. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is the answer. What's up with aqua socks? Well, aqua socks are like those water shoes that you'll get that have like the rubber soles and the mesh and people wear them in the ocean so they don't cut their feet on shells and stuff. And oh, Action yeah. Park had a really good scam where they <laughs> sold aqua socks um, and then you couldn't wear them on half the rides. So you still had to walk around <laughs> on like hot, blazing hot asphalt. And then you'd have to walk back up to get them because they made you take them off. But yeah, those were like, uh, I think they're a pretty popular item in a, in a water park gift shop. Because it's like, you, yeah. you can wear these and not have to walk around in disgusting wet socks all Wait, day. What they you're were... saying is this is a very old thing. And I have, ju- I have just learned about it in 2021. And I'm talking to you like it's a new uh, gadget. I re- well, they were, they were hugely popular in the Jersey Shore when I was a kid. And I remember my, there was one or two summers where my mom's like, if you're going in the ocean, put, put them on. I don't want... Like, my parents are just like, you keep stepping on shells. <laughs> just put the aqua socks on. <laughs> they are not the most pleasant thing to wear, but I see them a lot when people go to Hawaii and they hike. They hike through a mountain to like a waterfall and you don't want to like... If you're going in in the the stream or whatever, you don't want to have bare feet, you know, if it's sharp rocks and stuff. Scott, it's like the scrapple of footwear, you know. (laughs) I'm not that familiar with them either, and it must be more regional. Yeah, I feel like the best way to date them for you would be I remember them distinctly coming out around the same time that slap bracelets were hot. I would put them in that <laughs> same era of time. Yeah. Yeah. And similar you, you, designs, you, potentially. Oh, potentially yeah. Potentially some, yeah. some garish neon. Okay. Yes. Yes. You got it. And slap a Taz t-shirt on top of that, and you're just going to have a great day at Six <laughs> oh, Flags Great Adventure. And some, hy- some hyper colors. You want some hyper colors in there? Sure. Change yeah. shirt when you touch them. Maybe some cross colors. Like there's a whole <laughs> no fear. I feel like Aquasats mm-hmm. crossed over into the no yeah. fear generation. This tells you exactly when... This is the important work, trying to culturally date aqua socks. <laughs> yeah. It's honestly um, one of the more, from surrounding yeah. clues. I got it. More of this, one of the more substantial conversations we've had on this show, honestly. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, it's very informative. Uh, the other, um, oh, go ahead. Uh, well, I was going to say the other log flume, uh, which I believe is still running, is called Sawmill Log Flume. And, and Splashwater Falls was w- w- really wide, uh, the, uh, technically a shoot the shoot. Uh, uh, attraction and a lot of parks 
in their marketing, in their commercials, would show the big splashdown and show the bridge. I think Dewarney Park had the bridge, too. You could stand on and get as wet as if you're on the ride. But sawmill log flume was a, a long, like regular style log flume that it it's... I forget what the area is called now. I think it's called uh, uh, something Adventures. Um, Adventure Alley. Did I see that phrase somewhere? Uh, front Frontier Frontier Adventures. So this Sounds is like, like words. Sure. Yeah. For our interest, like th- this is like a very fun area because in the middle of this log flume, there is a massive, like surrounded almost by water. There's a massive two story barbecue restaurant uh and then across from the log flume there is uh, a runaway train like which i always liked mm-hmm. as a kid i mm-hmm. i loved ro- i loved roller coasters runaway trains were a great entry because you're like okay this will be a little fast and a little rickety um but it will uh it's not gonna be too intense and then uh it, the runaway train goes around the building for the skyway and their skyway was a double cable car skyway, meaning there were two cars going in each direction and it actually been transported from the 1964 world's fair campus, uh, and then used in six flags, great adventure. Wow. So it was an old, it was old. Like when do you know when it was transported? It was old. It seems like that's old. Well, yeah, I don't know if it was just sitting in storage because, yeah, Six Flags Great Adventure opened in 74 um, just as Great Adventure. And then it was bought by taken over by Six Flags in 77. But, um, yeah, they replaced the cars at some point with cars from Six Flags uh, Great America. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, there's a historic plaque like you can see uh, if you go to the the frontier event i think the skyway station there's one and there's two stations you can use it practically it goes like three quarters of a mile and you can get off at frontier adventures or the lakefront chris i bet you and your teen friends always made sure to go check out the plaque uh, <laughs> on your on your visits I you bring a you date you and look at the plaque you know probably the things we would talk about most oh we're heading down to great adventure Let's make sure we see some baboons eviscerating a car. Um, if we can cause someone in a plushy outfit to have a nervous breakdown, that would be fun. But before we get to any of the hijinks, guys, let's just make sure we learn a little bit about history. Let's just make sure we're really soaking up some history. And we Appreciate the, right the kinetic energy of the Frontier Adventures area with trains and log flumes and, and cable car, you know, gondolas and cooking meats. That, uh, I'll say, too, that log flume, I think, is probably my favorite ride in that whole park. And there's people who love roller coasters, and obviously they got some badass roller coasters. But as someone who has always been scared of the old roller coasters, that log flume is a legitimately great ride. Yeah, it was always very solid. Mm-hmm. I, um, I've i never been, so I don't have the rights to say uh, my favorite ride, but I do have a favorite ride based on uh, title alone. Uh, and it is a, uh, a Looney Tunes themed ride, and the ride is called the Michigan J Frog Fun Flotilla. <laughs> Four kids died. Four kids died on that. No, one. no, <laughs> no. Growing up. In memoriam of the Fun Flotilla yep. Four. Uh huh. <laughs> Say their names. <laughs> um, I. <laughs> yeah, the um, th- that I believe was part of another really great named uh, uh, thing or promotion there, which is that they. Um, 
at the same time, they added uh, 25 new rides. 25. Now, a lot of these were kind of like little dopey kid sorts of rides. Jason, I think you know what I'm talking about. That, uh, um, you know, it was just like to get the count up. And obviously it increases capacity if we had a bunch of rides. And it's impressive to say 25 uh, new rides all at the same time. But this caused uh, the ad campaign where they... Uh, declared that this was not just 20, 25 new rides showing up. This was a war on lines. <laughs> that was their promotion for the summer the of war 89. war on lines. The war on lines. <laughs> Pick a side. Are you, are you for the war on lines? Congress had to vote. <laughs> um, get on board with the war on lines. Um, so it's just so grand, so grandiose and like, yeah, and like, and like violent. We're in that, that Jersey spirit again. It's not just like, Hey, Oh, there's a fun flotilla. Now we're declaring a war on lines. Yeah. You could just go with fun flotilla, but instead let's tie it into the war on drugs or war on terror. Mm -hmm. (laughs) People know how we feel. The most fun things have that have been happening in the last few decades. Let's remind people of them. (laughs) This is a a place where keep in mind the centerpiece ride for many years was called the great American scream machine. (laughs) Yeah. Scream machine. That's what gets New Jersey teens flocking through. Let's go on a machine. That makes you scream. End end of subject. I uttered in the same breath as Batman and Robin, the chiller and Viper, which was, it came in 95. And again, commercials nonstop for Viper, but Viper and great American scream machine. Some of the roughest coasters I've ever ridden, like immediately, like out, out of the box. I feel like they, they were pretty rough. I do know my wife is a coaster enthusiast and, um, she grew up in Westchester County. So she's also been to great adventure a million times and she swears. And I've heard a lot of her friends swear that El Toro is one of the great roller coasters uh, that she's been on anywhere, which is, I I think Mm -hmm. it's an all wooden coaster. That's at great adventure now. And that one has a really good reputation. Um, Again, scared of coasters. I I, I like a good spinny ride, maybe a log flume, Mm -hmm. but I've heard that El Toro is kind of a pretty basic coaster, but that people really love it. Yeah, I think that that one's been a longtime favorite. I remember really liking, uh, it came in 2001, it's called Nitro. And it's just very big, but there's no loops, but you have a lot of airtime. Like you, you spend a lot of the ride just hovering above your seat. And it, it, it's very smooth, too. And I just remember my dad and I riding and just like laughing because you just feel like you're going to fly out of it, even though you are uh, appropriately locked in, God willing. Yeah, um, right, right. There's I, there's one uh, currently in the works that seems like it'll it'll really join the Pantheon. I think it's opening soon. Maybe they've even been previewing it a little bit called the Jersey Devil. We got a Jersey Devil coaster. Um which uh, is the t- it's the tallest, longest, and fastest single rail roller coaster uh, in the country, in the world. And I read that and like, oh, sure. And then I realized, I don't know what that means. Single <laughs> rail. I can't even picture. <laughs> Did you guys look this up? Like, I, can't, I don't. It, it's, it's a very odd, like, it looks like there's no, like, uh, uh, I don't know, gears or track or anything. It's just it's a it's very like, thin track, right? Yeah, it's like a very, very little thin... monorail style yeah, um, it's confusing. I don't know how it works. It defies science to me, but it looks very cool. And what a good name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was supposed to open last year. Of course, the pandemic delayed it. But I believe uh, June 13th of 2021 is, is supposed to be opening day. That is uh, a Sunday I looked. Um, 
It's so really, that's a weird day to open a ride. What's the Lord's Day? Yeah, devil. It's the Jersey yeah. Devil. So they're open. It's kind of a themed thing. We hate God. This is the devil. Right. I this see. This is the Lord's Day, but this is all about the devil. So if you hate God and Jesus, come ride the devil. That's right. Well, that's it, the whole theme. That's how they've been actively advertising it, and I think it's working great. <laughs> Good, like goody on Jesus, come <laughs> Jersey Devil, and then that goody. What's her face laid in the laid, went into the woods and laid with the devil? That's we all know. The, the you commercial know? ends with "Come spit in God's face." <laughs> we'll shoot you so high in the sky <laughs> you can slap God in the face <laughs> on your way before you head back down to hell. At least muss his hair up. Pretend Doesn't... you're a monkey jerking off straight into heaven. <laughs> <laughs> they have a. Uh, King Dakka as well, right? Which that's one that I look at it and I go, I legitimately don't understand how people find that fun. That looks horrible to me. Yeah, yeah. it's there's one that's similar. At, yeah, there's one that's similar at Knotts down over here, and I've I'm getting we've all I think gotten a little braver as we've done this show because we're all kind of scaredy cats when it comes to coasters. Jason, the least of us, but like that one to me still seems like I don't know. I think I'll have like a mental break going on a thing like that and it's just the fact that it's just kind of about shooting up going up coming back down like for me because i've had to over the course of doing this podcast i got over my fear of launches i was dubbed a no launch queen and now i'm i've uh, uh <laughs> sort of shaken that off a little bit um maybe not but like for me the launch is the thing to get past and then i can have some fun but these rides where it is only the launch and then the most terrifying climb and terrifying drop and the whole thing is over in like 40 seconds that's uh, none of what i want in a ride experience yeah, it's uh, I, I think I will do the, the not Sperry Farm version of it at a certain point. But I do. I mean, maybe the speed of it, maybe it's truly one of those things that'll be over. Like you won't even it'll be like surgery. Like it's so quick. <laughs> you'll be out knocked out so quick. It won't matter. You'll just blur your blur, your visual blur. And but you'll be like, oh, listen to how we explain these things that are supposed to be fun. somehow. <laughs> yeah, so maybe yeah. it's like surgery. <laughs> you're saying that as a positive. I, you know, that's a good, very good point uh, that 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 it is a bizarre like we've I've now gotten into doing like the haunts and mazes. And I was always afraid of doing that. Uh, those and, I love. Those and, I love. But I mean, it take it took like eight mazes for me not to just be like clenched like the, like the pain, the stress I was feeling initially had to go away. Like I had to get through it like it was a like a trial by fire. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there, there was, um, it, it actually, it's a nice story. Um, there, they have an attraction called Houdini's Great Escape. And it's, it's, we, we learned this, I think when we talked about on our European vacation episodes, it's a madhouse where it's not a haunted house and it's not quite a fun house. That's and a, so what it is, is like, it's, it's a, like a con artist trying to bring back Houdini from the dead and and then Kudini does come back and says you're a fraud and then turns the room upside down like you're sitting in a room and all of the like you're sitting in like uh, rows of chairs and then everything else in the room starts to go upside down and it comes right side up and then it, it does it again and it starts doing it really fast and they closed it down for a couple of years and then people were like hey bring that back it's still there we see it <laughs> like and and it is it is uh back open again but i remember that being very cool cuz we didn't know what it was when we went in they're like oh well it's kind of a haunted house sort of thing like they didn't spoil it and it was super fun 
Sorry, it involved the the uh, a trickster and a voice says you're a fraud and this is a bizarre somebody's like stealing Houdini's identity. This is a really <laughs> bizarre premise for a roller coaster. Well, yeah. it's, it's it's mostly you have to get his social security number and his mom's maiden name. That's like <laughs> most of how the attraction works. You're just stealing his actual zooming by, grab it, well, grab the numbers. <laughs> it's like a sit-down show. It, it it talks about all this actual historical stuff because Houdini famously debunked a lot of um uh charlatans, a lot of people who right. were like fake spiritual mediums and stuff. Because he gave and his wife an, an, a secret word, and he said, "Secret word, I die." Yeah. You go to all the the uh, people, the you know, empaths. We're well, not empaths. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, they uh, can't. Spiritualists, the mediums. Spiritualists, yeah. mediums. Thank you. And if they don't know the word, then obviously they're frauds, and nobody knew the word. What? I just realized there's something, and this might be a complete diversion that you guys should feel free to cut. I just realized I'm talking to people who will either enjoy what I'm saying or find me totally insane, if I may. Okay, go ahead, please. Where's the risk. Mm-hmm. Let's swing. Yeah. So my parents spend a lot of the year now in Orlando. They're snowbirds. My mom really, really loves Disney World. Mm-hmm. And I have a two-year-old, so they love bringing him. So we go once a year. And when we go to Hollywood studios, my wife has always been shocked because she will sometimes really have to ask me, just come on this ride with me. She loves rides. It's often just us. Come on the ride. I want to go on the ride. So I've bit my tongue, gone on some rides I don't like with her. But she's never had to beg me to go on the Tower of Terror. I love the Tower of Terror. Really? I love it. And first of all, it's right. the thing Disney has that I'm sure you've talked about to death is like, even like, even like the people dressed as the bellhops and the like, they'll roll their eyes back in their head, and you're like, oh, they actually like, they try to make it, they dress this up as something it's not. Like even Space mm-hmm. Mountain, if it was in light, you'd be like, this is a pretty weak roller coaster, right? But it's not. They dressed it up right. So, I like all the pageantry of it. But my wife goes, it's pretty much just f- like free fall from Great Adventures, just a free version of that. They, and I <laughs> said something to my wife, where she. <laughs> actively told me I was insane and I don't know what you guys will think or if I'm going to just come off like an idiot. I said to her, Oh, that's fake. And she said, what do you mean? I said, I don't think, I think the tower of terror is fake. I don't think you're actually dropping. And she said, what are you talking about right now? And I said, well, it opens up and it shows you that you're up high, but then it closes and you feel like it. I said, I have always been under the assumption that Disney is using some sort of hydraulic thing to make me feel like I'm getting flung up and down. I don't think it's real. That's why I'm okay going on it. And she goes, it's totally real. You are going up and down. That's what you're feeling. I said, I think the Walt Disney company has us all hoodwinked and that they're very creatively holding us in place and using some sort of hydraulic system to make us all think that we're in much more danger than we're in. And she said, if well, that's what you need to tell yourself to keep going on this ride with me, that's fine. But it's also one of the craziest things you've ever said. You're half right, though. You are half right. <gasps> yeah, yeah. You can go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Because you're you're not really free falling. You're being pulled down. You're actually going Able faster. Yanked, essentially. Yeah, you're, you're getting you're yanked in a down. Little, you get loaded in a little box. And then you are going Far, pretty far up and down, but you're not free falling. The little box just has like, you know, cables and it's moving you up and down essentially. See, in my mind, you're staying 
almost totally still the whole time. It's not quiet. Mind. That's like Star Tours. That's, that, that's yeah. a totally still. It's, yes, so it's not, I, it's not, I wouldn't go that far, but I also won't call way, you crazy. I won't get on board with crazy either. The new either, version of Star Tours, by the way, as a Star Wars nerd, hmm. that new version of Star Tours is a considerable improvement over the old one. Well, this is a whole. Well, we're not going to agree I, I with like you it there. A lot, oh, is but this a I, whole thing? I miss the. Well, no, I just I love the uh, the pilot, the Paul Rubens voiced pilot so much, and I, I feel the loss of say, him. They finally got rid of that weird old robot. Nobody. <laughs> oh no! Oh man! Whoa, now this is because, scandalous. Well, we're going to need to Chris, cut this. They brought him back to be the DJ in Galaxy's Edge. He would not be they the painted DJ him in the bar were he not. Uh, beloved, they wouldn't entrust him to spin the coolest mm-hmm. tunes in the galaxy if he was just a hunk of junk. And I'm, I'm just saying everybody has their role to play. <laughs> but when I, I was like a complete Star Wars obsessive as a kid. And when you go to Star Tours and you're so psyched and it's some robot you've never seen before, you're kind of <laughs> like, okay, okay. It's an expansive world. I like that. But that new one where Darth Vader catches you and kind of flings you back. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that, that's a, this, that's this is where cool. I think perspectives differ because I went on Star Tours having never seen any of the movies, that uh, and it, which ended up not coming for like almost a decade later. So I have a Star Tours centric view of the uh, of the franchise. So, so you, to me, Rex is like Luke Skywalker is than, Rex. Uh, yes, exactly. So you were really much more of a Star Tours guy than a Star Wars guy. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Still very much so <laughs> to this day. <laughs> I still watch them and get confused and who's that and what's this and have I seen this one? But I know I've seen the ride. I've seen all these different versions and I've been the spy twice. Pretty I, cool. Eh? Are you uh, Are you just like subscribe to Disney plus waiting for that Rex vehicle to finally hit the screen. Um, Oh, for Well, God, I mean, what I'd like to do is make, is make the Rex (laughs) vehicle. (laughs) There's any interest in that, but it seems like they're, I don't know how they're feeling about comedy. These days, not that it would have to be comedy. Actually, yeah. no, it's very serious. You know what? There's the <laughs> issue. It's a drama about a robot trying to make it, trying to suppress his urges to be an artist. Yeah, <laughs> that's about, what he ends up being. Rex, but he so Rex is back. I Rex is set, back, and he's got depression. <laughs> I would set the DVR for that. This upon announce. I I think we should all I, my pitch would be it's like flight of the navigator with Rex in the ship but then Scott you're the like you play like a boy like Martin Short does in Clifford uh, so you are like a little boy that Rex is like kind of <laughs> driving around in his like flight of the navigator star speeder. Now, look, I'd like that for me. I did, it does seem like audiences are, I'll, I'll say, uh, repulsed by adults playing young boys. <laughs> so uh, much less myself. Uh, mm. it's an itch- now, I'll do it. I will. I'll, look, I'll star in this if you get yeah, off yeah. the ground. Uh, just the commercial potential is, is dwindling. <laughs> I thought you were going to say I, I would do it for me, but I think audiences would be so overjoyed um, and over exhilarated that they would all be passing out and suffering from medical issues at how good this show is going to be based on what we've come up with here today. I, I'd say so. The like the rush to to tweet. There's so much Twitter activity with uh, you know with Winter Soldier and every Mandalorian and like people would dive for their phones and just their fingers would start convulsing and they would drop to the floor. I would like to see a series that's just. Um, six hour long episodes and each one is basically you doing my dinner with Rex in the Mm. theme of my dinner with Andre in a different theme park eatery. 
Man, oh, geez. And we go good. around. I show him the other stuff. I, I take him out of the Star Wars universe and, 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 and teach him and like to give him a corn dog for yes. the first time. Just an hour long conversation with Rex. Wow. In it's a like different ha- eatery each time for an hour. No real drama. No need, No real narrative arc. Just yes. real mundanities, like, so the sodas come in small, medium, and large. Sometimes there's an extra large, not necessarily in the theme park environment, but uh, a lot of places have refills, so they, they got you covered. It's like uh, parts Whoa, un- really? it's like, uh, Anthony Bardane's Parts Unknown with Rex. Yeah, Parks yeah. Unknown. Parks, Parks Unknown. Parks Unknown. <laughs> oh, man. Well, look, as long as if I could get some help, like moving them around, that, that'd be the main issue. It's just uh, yeah. physical, the physical labor involved. But sure. yeah. besides that, I'll, I'll fill the hours. No problem. Uh, can, speaking of Disney, can I mention I like I and I have not been to this park, uh, but I like the ripoff attractions that this park has. Um, I do tell. I, I can't got, think of them offhand. Well, six foot. It's got enchanted teacups. Uh, <laughs> good word soup of theme park words yep. yeah and it has air jumbo which is obviously the dumbo spinner ride uh and these were there before i believe six flags purchased them um but it's yeah there's no mistaking what they are and i just love yeah. i love bootleg anything and uh, did you have you guys seen a picture of this i could pull it up real quick here well yeah uh, let's see. uh here not. air jumbo uh, here, <laughs> yeah, jumbo, Very jumbo. <laughs> uh, so I really like that. Close um, legally, lots of lawyers checked that. Um, th- now that's not to say that they are entirely, you know, uh, ripoffs and uh, and, g- and generic properties. Because with the Warner Brothers connection, there's obviously the Looney Tunes, but they've also involved some other. Warner Brothers properties, Batman, as we've said, um, there was a, a Lethal Weapon show for a long time, mm-hmm. and that got replaced by a show where I'm going to bring up the sign and show you what is, um, I think, one of the most unpleasant phrases I've ever seen. Uh, the Great great Adventure show, uh, Quest for Camelot Knights, presented by Tyson Chicken <laughs> Chunks. <laughs> and let me clarify that's not chicken that's chick apostrophe in implying that whatever this product is is not necessarily chicken Ooh. what a combo of brand and weird who even knows what this was movie <laughs> Ooh. Presented by Tyson chicken they really wanted to make sure that one product which was be, like was going to be pushed because they didn't want just a general Tyson sponsorship they were like very high on that product specifically like they need proud of that. our chunks. Are you saying we shouldn't be proud of our we chunks? We're proud of our chunks, and we want everyone a great adventure to see it. <laughs> if you're a fan of like of two headed dragons, then you'll also enjoy the adventurous taste of these chunks. <laughs> so odd. The other thing about that, wait, let me share the screen again because there was like so. I, I uh, Jason, you talked about this lethal weapon uh, boat show yeah. a while back on on a stunt show episode we did. So. There was that, and there was like you know, so so there's there's boats where all the stunts happen from, and then they had to turn it into a this medieval animated movie quest for Camelot, and they just like, I'll show you a picture. They just took a boat and just put a bunch of like fake rocks, but that's even going too far to use that term that we like. It's just like rock flats everywhere, still in a boat shape. 
very clearly <laughs> one of the laziest makeover jobs I've little, ever seen. Sad little Stonehenge on top of Yeah, it? that's a sad a Stonehenge for sure. Stonehenge, yes. Like a like spinal tap size stone. Yes, yeah, yeah. They built it to the to the small proportions, not the big ones. Eleven inches. I yeah, God. Um really strange. So it doesn't I don't know that that was uh, the biggest hit they ever had. Quest for well, Nights, but hopefully Chicken Chunks did okay. Since you're talking about licensed stuff and, yeah. and Mike, you know, they, yeah, they may have, you know, had some generic ripoffs of Disney stuff, but in the summer of 1994, they were going all in on a new attraction because uh, uh, as the commercial says, first there was Star Tours, then back to the future, the ride. Now... There's the Right Stuff Mach 1 Adventure. <laughs> you all remember the 1983 film The Right Stuff, right? About breaking the sound barrier, Chuck mm-hmm, Yeager. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's a simulator ride. A simulator theater, in fact. Uh-huh. And that's um, how they advertised it? Was that the- That is how they advertised. The biggest, the biggest, cockiest, walking in the room swinging, like... Fuck those rides. We've got the right stuff, folks. <laughs> the mostly dramatic, like not yeah. exactly like you don't think of it as like the ultimate kids. Well, we remember journey. kids, kids, when the right stuff came out, they were all on the front lawn playing the right stuff with each other. They all wanted to experience it. Uh, I want to be Sam Shepard. No, I'm going to be Sam Shepard. Yeah, they were all there you know? doing it. And then finally, Six Flags capitalized on that desire. It was pretty later. fun. I it, it, I mean, it was just a theater. It's like a D-Box theater, essentially. Right. Um, uh, but we di- I did like, I liked any anything movies, anything where it was like, this is a real movie and now it's a ride of it. I was like, good, done. You know, it, we're, we're an hour from home. You know, I know it's not going to be <laughs> Disney World exactly, but I'm like, cool, they have a simulator ride now. Did you see the right Tootsie simulator? This is fine with me. (laughs) (laughs) Tootsie's rushed uh, journey to work at the soap opera station every day. Yeah. yeah. Now that I'm living Tootsie in a more um, interactive environment, I realize how intensely stalkerish it is. (laughs) A man, a man deceiving a woman. It's just a man deceiving a woman. Oh God! How can I follow this person around? That was a life, yeah, like that was a life lesson, right? It was like Mr. Yeah. Toad, where you would learn something by the end of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, what 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 have we missed? Is just to, to well, wind down here. What's yeah, that big. Um, the guy who started the park is my is what I want to bring oh, up. Oh, we haven't learned about about this man. No, no, no. Uh, um, and uh, and I believe his name was Warner Leroy. Uh, Scott, did you take a look at any of these photos? Uh, anybody? Um, no, not particularly. No, show us Warner Leroy. All right, here's Warner Leroy. They're, they're I, I found an article where somebody referred to him as a Liberace type, oh um, which obviously we like that. Oh, uh, cool! Like Elton John glasses. He's yeah. He obviously like Sparkles. dressed in fun ways. Uh, Jason, you have his uh, interesting uh, parentage. Uh, yeah, uh, well, Roner Leroy, uh, we should say first, he was an entrepreneur, I believe, was his company called Leroy's Adventures? Uh, I think I saw that phrase in here somewhere, yeah. And it, um, it, it had a lot of, you know, food and beverage establishments. Most noticeably, I thought, it owned and operated both the Russian Tea Room and Tavern on the Green. Yeah. For a while, uh, which are you know, New York institutions, 
But uh, Warner Leroy is the son of film director Mervyn Leroy, who, when he worked for Warner Brothers, directed the classic films Little Caesar, I Am a Fugitive from a Chain Gang, and Gold Diggers of 1933, which is a big Busby Berkeley showstopper musical. And then he went to work for MGM, where he pitched them the idea that, hey, we should wake, uh, we should make The Wizard of Oz a movie. <laughs> Whoa, this guy's dad? Yeah, yeah, this guy's dad. Oh, my God. And it's it kind of came full circle, too, because a little known fact is that after the Right Stuff simulator ride struck out, mm -hmm. they said, why don't we rebrand it as an I am a fugitive from a chain? <laughs> <laughs> simulator the rush really, of becoming a yeah. fugitive running down yeah. the hill? Oh, it my God. Was, it, was really, it was really fucked up, it turns out. So they switched it back within weeks, but... <laughs> Mm -hmm. People really jumped when they put chains around their legs. Like, really, oh, geez. It was really yeah, dark and racist and exposed the prison industrial yeah. complex. It was, it was, you can't, you can't make a ride based on a movie that was pre-Hays Code. Are you crazy? <laughs> uh, this is, wow, this is, this is some lineage. Um, yeah. Leroy. Wow. Warner Leroy, wow. yeah, and I was trying to find, there doesn't seem to be a good, or like an easily accessible YouTube interview, because I was like, I was ready to be like, here's a new one of our favorite characters on the show, but I still, I'm going to have to do some deeper digging to find some more Warner Leroy stuff. Cause yeah, I was not aware of him before this. Hmm. hmm. Uh, um, I, uh, Oh, you know what? I, I got, I got one more thing. I, for, I forgot that with this, with the, 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 the haunts, uh, came up. Um, and there is a thing that happens here that happens at, uh, as oh, Mike Jason, yeah. as you guys know, at uh, uh, at Magic Mountain, we talked about it uh, on the Fright Fest uh, episode, and uh, they they do this tradition here too. Uh, Chris, are you aware of the thirty hour coffin challenge? <laughs> oh, I, I know about Fright Fest, but I don't know the thirty hour coffin challenge. No. <laughs> Um, well, so so this is something. I mean, Mike, you witnessed some of this in person, but mm -hmm. uh, they they do it uh, they do it at the New Jersey one as well. Um, that uh, at least in this case, um, six contestants chosen from nearly six thousand applications uh, uh, are all all face off to spend thirty hours straight in a coffin, um, and on the grounds of the Six Flags. Just yes, yeah. You stay you stay in the Six you, Flags like, park. Like you can kind of look up and wave at people because they can walk around the coffin. At least the way they had it set up out here was there was like six or eight coffins all just on the ground. And you could tour the <laughs> coffins and see the people and they would maybe wave to you. And that would be the bizarreness. Now, I, I'm sure you've covered this on your prior discussions, but it's 30 hours. Where do you pee? Where do you poop? You are allowed to go to the bathroom, and I believe that's it. And I don't know that I, they, I don't think they check. I don't think they. Phone breaks, too. <laughs> I don't think they check to make sure you don't have, like, the, the bag of pee as if you were trying to fake a drug test or anything. I don't think they check that <laughs> thoroughly, but I could be wrong. They dug a hole. Sure. It goes out of the coffin. What do you um, win? What do you win if you stay all 30 hours? Well, the one out here, I don't know if I'm stepping on something you're about to say, Scott. I believe you no, win no, no. $600. Is it six hundred sixty-six? Was it? The yeah, six, yeah, yeah. Six hundred sixty-six. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry. It was six hundred sixty-six dollars. I don't know if that's worth it. I feel bad if you need the money, but I really wish Six Flags would give them, you know, something a little better. Yeah, that's not that much. Money. <laughs> not a ton of money no, for just real like being in pain and like mental distress. It's not a life-changing amount. I'm not even sure it's like a month-changing amount. 
No, that's it's it's pretty <laughs> it's pretty nothing. And I so but you know we talked about it a little on the previous episode. But I just ended up on a video where there's specific dictating of the rules of the Great Adventure one, and I was so charmed by this. And I'm just gonna let this guy. Uh, explain the rules. If anyone wants to, to, to stop and discuss any of the finer points, let sure. me know. But here's a, here's a, a quick clip. Um, the, the rules of the Great Adventure Coffin Challenge. They will face challenges with live bugs, unsavory food, and green goo. They will be tormented by zombies, snakes, skunks, yacht rock, and baby shark. <laughs> Just that, by the way. The switch from gross stuff to yeah. like, the, the the threat is yacht rock. I think I'll be fine. Yeah, I that's... think I will happily do the coffin challenge now. I have had baby sharks stuck in my head though, as the parent of a two year old, and it's not an enviable position. I will say. Yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. I'm really hoping I can ride it out. Like by the time he, like, I got a, you know, a couple more months before he really knows anything, and maybe we can just miss the whole thing. But is it just gonna find him? Am I it's, like? It's inescapable. It's okay. inescapable. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. Goo. I want to know more about the goo. Goo. Um, yeah. What did it just say? Green goo and what like is that? Green goo. It was very general about what type of goo it was. Is it dripped dripped on you while you're uh, sleeping? Is it something that you have to consume while you're there? The only mm-hmm. thing you get to consume? Yeah, it's a good question. I really they should elaborate more. Yeah, yeah, but this is just you know there'll be thirty hours for everyone to to learn to all really, the ins and outs yeah. of it. Um, I just now just pay attention to uh, as this list wraps up the 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 person who is. Uh, saying all of the rules meals in the coffin keep their body parts in the coffin at all times and should they exit the coffin for any reason other than the allotted breaks and <laughs> they will be disqualified so we for the listener we'd have just like like a ghoul in a long burgundy coat and a top hat and like white face makeup just kind of reading from a list with a microphone <laughs> very, very yeah, kind of like <laughs> it's well it's that right he, He's in front of the old beat up hearse. He has this incredible outfit on. And then it's like, he's just holding the piece of paper and reading off of it. And it really, it really undercuts the whole thing. Yeah, we put it on a tombstone. Like it's engraved. These are the rules that have existed for thousands of years and we must obey them tonight. Or in yeah, some old a... dusty tome or something, right? Yeah, scroll, yeah. Roll, yeah. roll a scroll of some kind or, Yeah. <laughs> It would be, he, <laughs> he looks like, yeah, he's looking at like the schedule for when everyone's working at the park. <laughs> <laughs> it's also very bright. It's broad daylight. Like there are bucolic clouds and sky in the background behind him. <laughs> it seems really nice. I know. Yeah. And, and also what's so, what I was saying earlier about Six Flags, like you're not going to find a Universal or Disney, a shot of inside the park where you can see the porta potties. You will not see porta potties on right. theme park grounds. <laughs> yeah, just a shitty tent. Yeah, um, and that's what's that's that that is, and I I'm not even saying that ironically. That is still the magic of Six Flags, <laughs> is that they like no one noticed that that looks like shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's the what Six love Flags touch. I, it's so insane. the 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 winner of uh, the the winners are announced uh, ultimately at, at least this year by Butch Patrick from the Munsters. Is that true? Yeah, oh. he came down for oh. it. He read the winner. Oh, I love it. <laughs> now, have you talked about entering? Let's be honest. Ooh, that's mm. a good. We are, could any of the three of us 
handle it. I, 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 I have, I, I would, I first think for sure, not me, Jason, perhaps the best sleeper. Jason so is the most it. equipped because of his sleeping schedule to do well, it. He can sleep for 12 hours at a time. No problem. I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that there was a weird cage lid. I wasn't sure how open or closed it was, honestly, the way you talked about it. But I also didn't know they like bothered you. I was like, oh, you can, can you just lie in there with an iPad? Like, no, can you no, take no. a There's Kindle? a part where zombies walk up and like, get up, wake up now. Oh, now come on, man. The egg toss. <laughs> oh, no. Three-legged race. I don't care if it's 4 a.m. Them's the rules from the piece of paper. But you can win six hundred dollars, <laughs> Have you thought? About I mean, that? yeah. Don't leave yeah, that sixty-six out. That's like uh, that, that, that's like the tax. You, you yeah, that's get a little back. And you know, that's a nice lunch at the best of the West, the famous you know Six Flags barbecue restaurants around a log flu. You know, yeah. So maybe, but Mike, you love haunts. So are you the the person to do it? Uh, yeah, I love haunts now. That's true. But, you know, if I could negotiate sort of the terms of my of a victory with Six Flags where like I could get some sort of a lifetime annual pass or something or one of those food passes that they just give you three like three square meals for $80 a year and I could get that for free, <laughs> like something. And those passes are real. Like there's these weird it happens at Knott's, too, where you can you can just tack on like an extra hundred dollars under your yearly pass and you can eat all your meals at their theme park for the whole year if you want. Uh, but if they could add something like that on, I, I don't know. I feel like if they could sweeten the pot somehow for me, not again, yeah, I, I don't know. I'll think about it. I'll tell you on my end, I would consider entering this. Really? Yeah, because it looks... And I'll tell you exactly why. The image of that asshole, not, and I think <laughs> you guys are, and I'm potty mouth. But that guy, God bless him, and and not as a human, but like that's the foghorn leghorn of the of the Halloween season. He doesn't seem totally enthusiastic. He seems unfamiliar with the rules himself. That, <laughs> that feels to me like it's being run by someone who doesn't care all that much. Yeah, and those are usually situations that lend themselves to very good stories. And yeah, if I do that at the age of forty-one. <laughs> that's. <laughs> I think I think maybe this year will be my year. I'd be willing to step up in the Jersey rendition if you guys want to do some uh, follow if up with this. We all do it. We all do. If we all do it, we'll okay. If we all do it, I I am in. I am in. I've I, the rule on this podcast is if everyone wants, if two people want to do it, I'm in. I what won't. If, what if I get my co-hosts from my New Jersey's the World podcast? Mm-hmm. We all enter or elect a rep oh in Jersey. God. You guys do it out there. And we have some sort of friendly standoff between the two clicks. Oh, East Coast, West Coast. Right, That's right. True. Sure. Nobody's traveling even. Wow. Mm-hmm. We're just, we mm-hmm. just like, you know, like uh, text psych each other out. And we can yeah. leave. We can leave. If you get like six hours in, if you like kind of go crazy, you can leave. You know, that's the challenge aspect of it. So it's not like we're really stuck there. Once the green goo hits your face, you can leave. If you're like, if the green goo touches my face and I'm immediately like, fuck this, I'm a father and a husband. Like, yeah, yeah. There you can. Like what am yeah. I yeah. getting out of this? $666 in content for two podcasts. Not worth if, it. If yeah, I am. Yeah. If we the could goo. ensure, if we could ensure though, one of the cast members of the original Munster show will award us the victory. This is the problem getting like Butch Patrick to be bi-coastal to be able to give you that money. 
<laughs> I would say that I am 100% down to enter either myself or someone from that podcast <laughs> on the Jersey rendition if we can come up with a bit. I can say that we would be happy to do it because that's idiotic and ludicrous. And All right. I'm, I will. I'll, if I wow. have to, if one of us has to do it, I'll do it. I will say that. I will do um, it. I'm willing to do it. I'll let you should do it. I will. I think all three of us. I think all three of us should do it. But I will do it if um, my two co-hosts will be cowards. No, I. I think. Uh, I think you got it, brother. I think we'll just be dragging you down. I think that goo is your name on it. I'm you ready. Know. I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to get in that coffin and shit wherever they instruct me to. It feels <laughs> like one of those things where, at the end of the day, they're not allowed to hurt you. Right. Right. I don't so think so. Some guy dressed as a zombie wants to let me not sleep. I have a two-year-old. I don't <laughs> sleep anyway. That's true. Two yeah. years. Yes. You want to throw green goo on me? There's feces on my hands pretty much 24 hours a day, all day. Very You're possibly green, depending on the, the diet. I have changed my son the morning after he ate raisins. You think your green goo is going to scare me? I've seen yeah. substances more <laughs> horrific than your green goo. There's you nothing might, they can do. Baby yeah, shark, yeah. I've already been exposed to it. Yeah. You may sleep better, honestly, in the coffin challenge. <laughs> oh, yeah. Get away for it. a bit. Might yeah. be some truth to that. <laughs> well, I, am I'm, I am in. I'm wow, ready. I'm ready wow. to do it. I'll do geez, it. Jeez. Well, you heard it. You heard it here first. Uh, this is all we had stuff to look forward to. Uh, uh, Chris, <laughs> any closing thoughts about this place? Um, uh, anything else you want to get off your chest about, uh, about great adventure and the, the great adventure spirit? I would just say that, first of all, if you've never been, there's a lot to love in both um, the fact that there's really good rides and it does have just a little bit of grittiness compared to a lot of corporate places. I would say, Absolutely 100%. If you want the full experience, the Safari Park is extremely underrated. It is a well-known source of, of ludicrous joy in New Jersey. And I would also just say that um, I was, you know, pretty major part of that Action Park documentary and Action Park deservedly has its insane reputation. But I think that it has maybe swallowed up a lot of the insanity that was talked about with Great Adventure. And Action Park was certainly crazier significantly, but Great Adventure is a piece of New Jersey lore in its own right. Um, a lot of stories, a lot of formative memories for a lot of people. So I do just want to, as a Jersey guy say, um, let's not let Action Park sort of suck up all the air in the room because there's a, there's a lot of other places around here that are, are insane in their own right. And, and this is a big piece of that puzzle. Also, Jeez. the Tower of Terror is fake. <laughs> I like the Tower of Terror truther kind of movement here. Yeah. We've yes. got started here. Pretty innocent trutherism, all things told. So I think yeah. Pretty harmless, uh, for sure. Yeah. 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 yeah no yeah. storms happening over that one. Uh, um, well, yeah. Well, thank you for shining a light uh, and, and for sharing the New Jersey uh, theme, dangerous theme park insanity spotlight with Great Adventure. Uh, Chris Gethard, you survived podcast The Ride. Um, easier than a coffin challenge. <laughs> I would say. Uh, and let's exit through the gift shop. Is there anything you'd like to plug? Yeah, you know, I got a new special. It's called Half My Life. You can download it uh, streaming a lot of places, iTunes, Amazon, Vimeo. And and I hope people like it. Check it out. It's a little tour documentary stand-up special. And just because it came up enough times on this, I would say I do have a uh, another podcast called New Jersey is the World, 
that explores all different Jersey topics. And episode one was actually about New Jersey amusement parks. So um, there might be some people who are interested in that. Absolutely. Uh, um, cool, cool. Well, thank you. So, oh, wait a minute. Now, and uh, Gatorland, there's some Gatorland presence, which is oh, sort of in the theme park. I can't uh, believe I territory. forgot that. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, probably the major crux of my special revolves around a joke about Gatorland. And then, spoiler, it ends with me performing at Gatorland for the alligators. So you want to talk about like, and the whole theme of that joke is, Hey, Disney world's the corporate option. Gatorland's right down the road and it has rejected all corporate <laughs> feeling to it. So I do Always have a fun. true love for Gatorland and, and uh, even just in Florida, man, like the wiki watchy mermaid park, not a theme park, but just an insane place. Let's insane roadside places. I love them to death. So yeah, Gatorland majorly featured. Um, in a huge way in half my life jeez cool all right so theme park content very funny special uh new jersey podcast check it all out chris thanks for being here uh as for us you can find us on all the socials at podcast the ride we got merch in our t public store and for three bonus episodes every month check out podcast the ride the second gate at patreon.com slash podcast the ride um so good stuff really fun fun to talk so much jersey stuff and i guess um if everybody out there uh, just hey make it a make it a quest for Camelot night <laughs> worthy of <laughs> worthy of cut the your name chick, cut your chunks. yeah cut your chicken into chunks tonight in honor of that show yeah you know yeah mm-hmm um it'll it'll be a great one um <laughs> a, a great quest and a great adventure thanks for listening bye 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 forever dog this has been a forever dog production. Executive produced by Mike Carlson, Jason Sheridan, Scott Gardner, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.